Jacob Quinn has won the national championship for the Quinnipiac Bobcats. Thanks for joining us on the 10th Second Podcast. If you missed the last episode, you can go back and listen to Zach, Colin, Jacob, and Sam talking about getting into the NCAAs. In today's episode, you're going to hear from Zach Metza, TJ Friedman, Aaron Brown, and the head coach, Rand Pecknall. We're going to talk about pulling the goalie. If you're familiar with the story, you know Coach Pecknold is in favor of pulling the goalie down by a goal in the third period. Pulling the goalie means you have an empty net, but you also have an extra skater to try and score a goal. We are going to start in the 2022 NCAA Regional Final versus Michigan. The score is 4-3 Michigan leads, as Quinnipiac has come back scoring three goals in the third period after being down 4-0. The head coach decides to pull the goalie with under four minutes to go in the period, and this happens. Chow keeps it alive. From the half wall, he'll play back for Mendel. Oliver Chow now in the circle. Oh, bad pass. Intercepted. Bordelow. Open net. Coming in. Pass to Jock. And he'll finish. Rand Pecknold rolling the dice. And it comes up Snake Eyes. I'm not sure what the thought process was there, but I think they felt they had so much pressure going. Here's a look at the play. They won the draw. They got it up, and they got the puck to Mendel, and Michigan Bordalo causes a little confusion in the stick play, and it goes the other way. And a good Coach got so Mendel. much heat for it. You come back to school, and everyone's like, why would he do that? Like, you guys were buzzing. Like, you were going to get the fourth one. Like, what was he thinking? And it's what he does. It's tough to knock it. He's stuck to it. In the press conference right after the loss to Michigan, the very first question to the head coach was about pulling the goalie. You'll hear music in the background of the clip, and that was coming from the winner's locker room. I think it's a pretty normal decision for how I, how I operate. Uh, Lake Placid was like 6'10", but we had a power play, um, which is a little crazy, but it worked. You know, um, the last 10, 12 years, Actually, probably the last 13, 14 years, we've, you know, we've done that pretty regularly, getting the layout early. I feel like, especially off an old zone draw, you know, we've got, we've got the extra guy, uh, whether it's 6-on-4 six or 6-on-6-on-4, six six on you get two. Um, and it works a lot more than it does for us. We've had a lot of success with it. The guys know it. They want it. They feel confident. Um, you know, the goal that made it 5-3, like, we just, you know, we made a bad decision. And... <clears throat> Who knows? If we could have scored, you know, I would look smart right now, you know, but obviously I don't. Uh, but I think it's just that's normal. That's how we operate, and we've had a lot of success with it in the last, whatever, 12, 13, 14 years. After he answers that question, there was a follow-up. Hey, you ran to follow up on your answer about pulling your goaltender, um, and you mentioned that it was a routine thing that you guys have done, but looking back at the momentum you guys had in the third period, is that something that you regret at this point? No. You heard it right there from Rand. There was no regret. Think about this for a second. 10 days before the Michigan game on March 19th, 2022 versus Harvard, with six minutes to go in the ECAC championship game at Lake Placid, the Herb Brooks Arena, Coach Pecknold pulls the goalie. 
Junior defenseman Jaden Lee scores with less than six minutes to play in regulation, but Quinnipiac eventually loses to Harvard 3-2 in overtime. When untraditional moves work in sports, you're a genius. When it doesn't work, well, it's a complete 180. So to summarize the end of the 2022 season, in the ECAC championship game, head coach pulls the goalie, it works, but they end up losing the game in overtime. The NCAA game pulls the goalie, it doesn't work, and they end up losing the game. Now let's transition to the 2023 National Championship game with under five minutes to go in the third period. Coach Pecknold has a decision to make. There's a University of Minnesota player going to the penalty box. The question is, with Quinnipiac trailing 2-1 in the third period, do you pull the goalie? And if so, when? It's the biggest decision of any coach in a national championship game. Here's TJ Friedman on his thoughts. Four minutes left in the third period before Collins' goal. I think I know where you're going to. Of course you do. (laughs) Because I think you are the centerpiece of this, Mr. Friedman. So there is a there is a high probability that Mr. Pecknold is going to pull the goalie. Yeah. I think I, I knew I think, exactly where this was going. I, I think Ethan just yeah, caught on. I was like, I knew exactly where this was going. And the word on the street is the fifth years had some commentary for Mr. Pecknold. Still my witness, true or false to, to this point? That the fifth years may or may not have given a little intel on whether we should pull him or not? There was, com- uh, let me ask it this way. There was commentary from fifth years to the head coach about pulling the goalie. True or false? True. <laughs> True or false? The fifth years did not want the goalie pulled. Is this the initial time uh, he asked? Uh, the, yes. When the power True. play started. True again. True again then. True or false? TJ Friedman was the closest and the most vocal to not pull the goalie at that point at the f- whatever it was, 428 mark or whatever. Um, I would say, I was like, I don't, maybe true, maybe false. I don't really know. I was definitely, well, yeah, I was vocal, yeah, but I was, biased, I think, I know there was one other that I'm thinking I of. I won't, I won't name the name, but, we know. but there we know. I know who it was. He knows who it was too, so it's, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know who was more vocal about it, but we were both, like mm, no, not yet. Don't don't do this. <laughs> like we, you wanted we a don't chance. need this. You yes, wanted a chance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I'm sure I didn't yeah. sound like the nicest human being when I said it, but it was just I heard just the, the commotion. I was like, no, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> Please no. <laughs> yeah. But hey. But with three twenty six left yes, or whatever. Yes. Yes. Pull him. Pull him. Pull him. That was a great move Absolutely. by Rand. Yeah. Genius. Even if the goal scores. Even if Minnesota scores and you guys are not sitting here in this room. You're not kicking yourself. Uh, no, I still three and a half minutes is I think still a little early, but it's it's not too crazy in my opinion. Well it puts it's you aggressive. On a six, it's six it's on aggressive. Four. It's a six Correct. on four that's in the offensive liked, zone. That's why I liked like the timing of it, because it was maybe we weren't tech it wasn't a power play goal because he was out of the box, but he was just barely getting back into the zone. So I do think he did pull him at the right time. I gotta I give him credit. I gotta give him credit. He timed that perfectly. We ended up getting a few good looks, six on four, without it being the entire 
two minutes of the power play. So, yeah, no, we've uh, I've got mixed feelings about the uh, the early goalie poll, but uh, I think from now on I'm a fan of it. <laughs> I can see why. I'm a fan of it from now on. Perhaps the voice of reason on the topic turns out to be a Harvard fan. His name is Aaron Brown. Aaron worked for AQR Capital Management, essentially the largest hedge fund in the United States. He wrote an article on pulling the goalie, hockey and investment implications. So we wrote a paper about that was supposed to be an average paper that said just, okay, can we evaluate our coaches doing the right thing on average? Other papers, and, and I've done some of this research myself, try to give specific hockey advice. So the specific hockey advice is not pull the goal, pull the goalie with 610 to go in the third period if you're down by one goal. The real hockey advice is to say, well, look at your team, look at what line you've got on the ice, look at the penalty situation, you know, look at the other team, you know, consider all these things. And sometimes you want to pull much earlier, sometimes you want to pull much later. And um Ram Pecknell pulls uh, at the right times. You know, he pulls when he's got a power play. Six on four is a huge advantage compared to six on five. Um, I don't say, you know, I mean, I mean, sure, sometimes you get six on four and you don't, you don't score. And and often you can score if you just, you know, do five on four for a normal power play. But um, another thing he does is his teams practice the uh, six on, uh, you know, six on five and, 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 you know, six on four and so on, especially the six on four. Um, it actually makes a lot more sense not to wait till, you know, there's six minutes to go, but when you got a good scoring opportunity, you know, you got a power play, you got a good line on, you know, they're rested. Um, all, and because they practice it, that means two things. It means they know how to put on so much offensive pressure that they don't get a lot of empty net goals. Um, a lot of teams that do this, they kind of play normally. And if you play normally, you know, just got one extra guy hanging around and you practice it maybe two or three times. Um, he says he doesn't practice every week, uh, every day, but I noticed one of the players said they practice every week <laughs> um, and that's enough. Um, so you don't have to worry so much about empty net goals and they have plays. They have six on four plays uh, that other teams are completely unprepared for. In fact, you know, I look at some of these six on four goals and it, you know, it almost looks like the other team isn't trying, you know, it's like they forgot about the extra guy um, again, because they're not practicing it on defense. I don't know if, if uh, Quinnipiac practices it on defense, you know, four on six, but I wouldn't surprise me if they did. Okay. And because of this, uh, you know, they can selectively apply it at the right times. Um, then there's the fact that they wildly out assist everybody. <laughs> you know, that's what we love, you know, as hockey things, you know, it's fine. Scoring a lot of goals, that's great, but a lot of that's just talent um, and luck and whatever. Getting a lot of assists, that's coaching. And uh, if you have, you know, four times the assists that the other team has, which, which you know, they do in, in a lot of games, um, you, you know, you can afford to pull the goalie. You know, you got the teamwork to uh, protect your neck net even without a goalie and, and to score. You know, it, it would be great if we could see all the coaches uh, doing this kind of thing, but but they can't. You know, most coaches, if they did this, certainly the first year or two, you know, their teams aren't really used to it. They haven't recruited the players who like to do that kind of thing. They're going to lose some games. They're going to look silly and they're going to get fired. Yeah. And you talk a little bit about that in your article, right, in terms of. 
you know, if and you mentioned it earlier a little bit with Rand having, I don't want to say job security, but I mean, he's, you know, he's obviously been here a number of years and obviously done a tremendous amount of work for the university in terms of, you know, this is his third Final Four. You get a little bit more uh, grace, if you will, uh, when things don't go your way because you've been so successful. And I think and, you talk and, about that. And, and you're not competing with a football coach who's, you know, going for the college football playoff, a basketball coach in the NCAA, you know. Um, I, I don't want to say anything bad about the university, but let's say the hockey team is clearly the uh, national uh, prominent uh, sports team. And so, uh, you know, you don't have lots of bigger, more, you know, in, in I, mean, I don't know what Alabama plays its football coaches, but probably they're, you know, third, you know, assistant offensive guy is making more than uh, Ram Peckholm. But uh, so if you were a hockey coach at Alabama, I don't even know if they have a hockey team. I doubt it. But but you'd still be like, you know, the 40th highest paid person in the athletic department. And, uh, you know, you'd be there with uh, the women's soccer coach or something like that. And so, uh, so I think, I think it is a, very nice situation to be in. And by the way, it's where we see a lot of the innovation, not just in hockey, in all sports. It's, you know, the smaller colleges, it's the specialized coaches, it's the things that are, they don't have the kind of glare of national publicity. They don't have the luxury of having the top recruits. And so they uh, they have to be smarter. So I have so many, I have so many questions just rushing through my head. <laughs> One of them is, and we talked to Rand about this um, for, for this project, is marginal gains and how he talks about how he needs to be 2% better in you know, winning the face-off, collecting the puck after the face-off if you've lost the face-off, the passing, the going, you know, all these little tiny things that make up the entire game of hockey because he doesn't have the NHL-ready players. Rand talks about those little minor percentages that he tries to um, take advantage of. And in your article, which um, let me just mention it pulling the goalie hockey and investment implications um and you're one of the co-authors um it you take essentially five and correct me if i'm wrong but you take five components and measure those five components and come up with a optimal time and score on when you should pull the goalie Exactly. Yes. And and it's an average. That's very important to say. And, and by the way, it's based on NHL statistics. We'd have a little bit different numbers for college. But uh, but yeah, so it says you're an average team. The other team's an average team. It's, a, you know, neither home nor away, no penalty situation, anything like that. What's the average time you should do it? And why don't you tell the audience when, if you're down by one goal, when it's, in your in your research, what's it say? Uh, six minutes and 10 seconds in the third period. Down two goals, it's 12 minutes. And down three goals, you pull them at the end of the second period. You pull them with three minutes to go in the second period. And again, now that last one is pretty silly. If, if you're down uh, three goals, and, and even if you're down two, you definitely you wait for a power play. And if that power play happens in the first period, you take advantage. Um, and you do see teams once in a while will do that. You know, they get really down big early. They'll just take every power play to do it. Um, but you look really terrible if you, you know, do that because if you do get an empty net goal, then that you still have to keep your goalie pulled because you're farther behind and, you know, you could lose 23 to nothing, which, you know, doesn't, doesn't satisfy the fans or anybody else. So that's the statistical viewpoint, right? In terms of that's what your research shows. For, for an average team. Yes. For an average team, right. From a human perspective, 
in terms of, which you kind of just touched on a little bit, which is why I kind of want to go here, is from a human perspective, you've got players who want you to, and we have a bunch of them here, that really did not want Rand to pull the goalie. But he knows that statistically he can't wait much longer than what he did with a six, it was essentially a six on four goal. So you have the human element, right? So you've got the human element of the players not wanting to do it. You've got the crowd wondering whether it's going to happen. We talked about the alumni base and all the other pressures that are, you know, may or may not be around with the hockey programs, depending on how successful you are. But relying on data, right, and specifically your data that we're talking about today, you would say, to heck with all that, pull the goalie at 610. <laughs> well, again, I'm saying if you want to win. And, and, you know, like I said, the coaches aren't necessarily there. I do talk to a lot of hockey coaches. I love hockey. And uh, one one thing I really remember, this is from a youth hockey coach in Connecticut, actually. I, I don't recall exactly where, but maybe a high school near uh, uh, near you. And uh, and he said, um, uh, the reason I don't the reason I don't do it, you know, I loved your article. He's a math teacher. And he says, I love the math. But the kids and their parents, they want to do what the NHL does. And if I deviate from that they don't think they're playing hockey they don't really care that much about winning and losing compared to looking like uh, they're nhl heroes um i talked to an nhl i talk a lot to video coaches in the nhl um who tend to be the people you know most concerned with the statistics and one guy told me he said I, you know i absolutely agree with this i've been pushing the team to do it but we only practice one line for six on five and we don't want to use the practice time to practice two lines so you know we pull with six minutes to go what you know what do we do we put in our second line that hasn't practiced this um and uh and six on four he said you know that's just too much uh it seems hard for me to believe that you know somebody who's been playing junior hockey since age eight who's in the nhl can't find an hour a week to uh you know practice six on four or six on five but uh, that that that's what they tell me and uh so it is a uh it's it's a cultural thing so it's not just a coach looking good it's the players buying in um a lot of the players feel it's not hockey you know it, it's like cheating a little it's a little bit like saying okay let's not finish the game we'll just flip a coin to see who wins you know i mean they're competitive athletes they want to win playing the game they want to win with their skating goalies hate it right you know I'm, I'm part of the team this makes me feel like i'm like the punter or something on a football team some extra guy you can you know uh, just take out the ice when, yeah right just take out the ice yeah yeah <laughs> um and uh and, an empty net goal is like really just it's sort of embarrassing and pleasant. You know, it's not, you know, a hockey fan. I go there to see two equally matched teams fighting it out. You know, I'm not, you know, somebody uh, uh, shooting a goal into an empty net. And so a couple more. The purpose of this paper that you wrote, which, again, we'll put that in the show notes because it's, it's, it's really fast. I, it's, I, when I texted Justin, I was like, I just found a gem. Like, I just found, like, what we've been looking for. So I'm so appreciative of you coming on. But the this was about investments, too, right? Like, this is kind of taking the pulling the goalie concept and applying it to investments. 
Yes. The entire motivation of the paper was decision-making in general, but specifically for investments. And just as NHL coaches don't pull their goalies enough, uh, people make exactly the same mistake in their investments and in, in, in personal things in life. Um, the big difference is if you, a, a sin of commission, if you pull the goalie and you get an empty net goal against you, it's obvious, it's embarrassing, it's in all the, it's a first line in all the write-ups of the game and so on. If you don't pull the goalie and you lose two to one quietly, you know, it, it's it, nobody says anything. So the mistakes get really trumpeted. And uh, and if you don't pull enough, nobody really notices. Um, and that's so if, if you're, you know, there are mistakes like that. You know, if you if you buy an investment and it goes down, you know, they really remember that. But if you keep your money in a no interest checking account for 10 years and you lose half of it to inflation, well, it, you know, nothing dramatic happened. Yeah, the, yeah I think you talked about the the difference between blue chip uh, I'm trying to remember the, the blue chips and cheap stocks and s- something about the cheap stocks tend to outperform expensive or was that about was it cheap stocks versus expensive stocks was that it okay that is true cheap stocks do out, I mean, I'm sorry when, when we say cheap I don't mean low priced right 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 cheap relative to earnings to book value to things like that yeah yes yeah. yes investors overpay for glamorous high growth high-risk companies, because um, it seems exciting, right? You hear this this company is going to change the world, you know, Tesla, uh, Apple, and so on. Uh, and then you say, well, here's this boring company, and yeah, they make uh, hammers, and, you know, they sell a few hammers every year, and they seem to make a pretty solid profit on it, and they make money in recessions and good times, but it's boring. Yet, you know, you're better off putting your money in these cheap uh, companies that give you a lot of earnings, a lot of book value per dollar than you are in the ones uh, you know, one, ones with lots of promise. But other investors have already overestimated that promise and have already bid the price up beyond the point where it's a good deal. Again, though, this is on average. You have to be very careful. If you buy 100 stocks, you're better off with 100 cheap ones and 100 expensive ones. There are lots of bad cheap stocks and lots of good expensive stocks. Yeah. Um, and so let's get let me just transition back to hockey for a second. The USA Hockey, uh, which is how um, the Miracle on Ice, which is essentially how you start the paper, and you talk a little bit about how the Russians, uh, when they played the United States, had never practiced the six on five before, and it wasn't even. It sounds like it wasn't even in the mindset of the Russian coach at that point. Right. The Russian coach just did not believe in it. So for 30 years, he won essentially every international tournament um, and his team did. And he just had the talent. Um, and so uh, exactly why he didn't believe in it, I don't know. But he was so seldom behind, it probably didn't make a lot of difference. Um, and uh, I think, uh, you know, again, even for that, even even as successful as he was and probably, you know, his job was pretty secure, although... In the Soviet Union in those days, you know, losing losing your job wouldn't just mean getting fired. Um, losing to the Americans with two empty net goals would probably have, uh, you know, been about as threatening to his uh, career as it could be. At the end of the day, it's an analytics question for Rand. He's seen the data and he feels he's making the best decision for the team. It's my understanding, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but at, you considered at that moment in time to pull the goalie. I did, yeah. I'm more aggressive mm-hmm. than 
Anyone. I don't even know. I, I got to be the one slot, right? Who's the one slot? Yeah, oh, no, yeah. no, I yeah. would agree with that. But, but, I, but I believe in it. And I think it works. And obviously it paid off here and it's paid off in the past. It's not going to pay off every time. 100%. Just as when you pull your goalie, it's not going to pay off every time. Do you have data from like either the NHL or NCAAs? Or? I do have data from the NHL, yes. Yeah. yeah. The NCAA doesn't keep it. Yeah. Uh, that is one of my August projects. I'm going to actually try and go back. It's it's really hard. It's, it's a lot of work to figure it out, but I, I would like to figure it out. I know in my gut, what the success we've had at Quinnipiac, like it works um, to pull the goalie early. It just does. It just gives you more time, right? Yeah. To no, but nobody wants to do it. Like, like, listen, if you go back, go back 40 years, this is the NHL, go back 40 years in the NHL, every coach pulled the goalie with exactly a minute left. That's what you did, okay? And you probably weren't going to score. Um, and then, you know, Fast forward, you know, 20 years later, now everybody's pulling at a minute and a half. Now, now some teams are doing it at two. Um, like, and then some coaches once in a while are crazy and they'll pull it even earlier. You know, like, so it's, it's, I feel like it's going in that direction. And what I do now that people think I'm crazy that I do, I bet you in 10 to 15 years, I bet you every NHL coach is going to be doing what I do. And, and nobody will think twice about it. And in the college too. Mm-hmm. It's just taken a while. Um, and maybe I'll be wrong, but I think I'm ahead of the curve. Um, and if you look at, um, you know, how many times, um, you know, you're realistically going to score at the NHL level when you pull the goalie, it's, it's one, it's one in nine, it's 11%. All right. So you get 11, if you wait till like, like a minute and a half under two, I don't know the exact time I, I can look it up, but there's different years. It depends. But I'm like, I don't want an 11% chance to win a national championship. I need, we need more time than that. I will tell you, uh, Rand Pecknold is a hero among quantitative hockey. He is far and away the most uh, analytically uh, uh, advanced, successful. I mean, so I'm I'm not saying I know all you know 256 Division One coaches or all NHL coaches, but of the you know prominent people, the 20 or 30 coaches who are super successful, uh, he is clearly head and shoulders uh, the best uh, in terms of analytics, in terms of math. You know, I don't know if you, I mean, I don't know if, if you hear this at Quinnipiac, but, you know, people say it's the team with uh, uh, teamwork over talent. You know, they they don't have a lot of NHL players um, they have, uh, but they win because they practice right and because they have the right strategy and they have the right coach. Um, um, not to say anything bad about the players, you know, but, uh, but they just can't attract kind of the players of a Michigan or a Harvard or something like that. Um, yet they win. Thanks for listening to the 10th second podcast. And thank you to our guests, Zach, TJ, Aaron Brown, and the head coach, Rand Pecknold. In our next episode, it's going to be back to the players. Just, I, I have goosebumps right now just, just thinking about it. Like When you think about it in regards to how big of a school Michigan or Minnesota, Ohio State, all those schools are, like Quinnipiac's quite small, right? But in the moment, I didn't realize it, but in the weeks after, seeing like the, the impact it had, just the amount of support and people reaching out, it's truly special just to see how tight-knit the Bobcat family is. And like even my dad, who works in Vancouver, like there's other Quinnipiac hockey alum that reached out to him that this through a colleague at work or through a friend of a friend just knew knew about right they obviously watched it and followed it and all that and just reaching out to my dad and and and, and all, all the little things like that like it, it's just it's, it's truly special our production crew is justin morosky who is our producer and audio engineer 
Jillian Catalano is our social media coordinator. David DeRoche handled the audio mastering. I'm Keith Woodward, and I'm your host. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the 10th second, and also follow the podcast account at QU Podcasts. And thanks again for joining us on this episode.